Welcome to Boxes and Lines, a different kind of finance podcast from a different kind of stock exchange. Featuring IEX founder Ronan Ryan and Chief Market Policy Officer John Ramsey. Now here to give you the straight talk on how the markets really work. It's Ronan and JR. Welcome everybody to the latest episode of Boxes and Lines. Take it, John. What? What do you want me to say? Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to Boxes and Lines to Jimmy Toes. There we go. Well, he just blew who the guest is, oh, but all right. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't know he was supposed to wait. Wouldn't you know in this intro, it's Jimmy Toes, the titan of market structure and friend of the podcast. Jim is the president and CEO of the Securities Trader Association, STA. Those of us in the industry know this well. Those of us out of the industry Probably have no idea what stat is, but um, that anybody yeah. who's anybody, anyone who's in the industry anybody. knows Jim Toes. And when this podcast comes out, it's right about the time of the annual STA National Conference in Washington yeah, D.C. Let's get some we'll we'll all be there. there. Yeah, yeah, they can edit that in later. Okay. But um, STA Jim is the go-to guy for keeping things smooth with regulators and the folks on Capitol Hill. <laughs> God bless you, Jim. He's over 30 years' experience in the securities business and has held various management positions, including being a managing director at Bank of America Merrill Lynch for 18 years. And he knows uh, what do we say before 16th and teenies. I know, I know fractions well. Yeah. I, hope it, I hope it's on the test. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a pre-decimalization guy. But anyway, you're also a proud guy from Nassau County, uh, Man- Manhasset. Manhasset. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And a fun fact that they armed me with in Manhasset for those who are not in the know, and maybe Jim, you've no idea what we're talking about. It's the home of the Shelter Rock. Are you aware of this? I am aware that there's a big road called Shelter Rock Road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. It, it gets its name because there's an 1,800-ton boulder Ooh. which arrived during the Ice Age. And is now one of the largest boulders on Long Island. Who it's still said, there? Really? Yes. Had no idea. And These are little fun t- facts. Yes, I didn't know. I didn't know. This. I was going to be on the test. <laughs> I hope that's they the they edit out about eighty percent of what I say, so don't fucking worry today at all. <laughs> yeah, I just okay. googled Manhasset. No, I didn't. They uh, provided yeah. me that. Well, welcome, Jim, yeah. to Boxing Line. Thanks oh, for yeah. joining us. We are so excited from our head down to our toes. <laughs> Let's go back to STA, mm-hmm. and you might have to do a little bit of explaining as to what it is, sure. but you've been there since 2011. One thing mm-hmm. I was very surprised to learn is the STA and the conference has been around for almost a century, 1934. Yeah. That's crazy. Was that tied in with the, the 34 Act? It was tied in with that. Mm-hmm. So, so you have to put that together, Jeff? Yeah, very, very you, smooth. You, I fucking very ignore smooth. most of what you say, but uh-huh. when you talk 34 yeah. Act, I uh, love it. There you go. Okay, so yeah. can you tell us a little bit about STA, how the conference has evolved over the years, or... Anything interesting? Sure, yeah, yeah, tell. sure. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so you are that was cor- not a dig, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you are so you are correct. We did start uh, the the association started in Chicago, and it did start in response to the Thirty Four Act, which created the Securities and Exchange Commission. And and we actually have our copy of the uh, minutes from the first board meeting that was held in Chicago, and, really? and it talks about like we're going to form this form this uh, association to face off with this newly created entity called the Securities and Exchange Commission. So <laughs> it is pretty funny that that it does go back that far. When you look at some of the people who are attended the meeting, uh, one of them was a guy by the name of Edward Jones. From, really? From, no, from no, the like yeah. Firm. yeah, so there's a couple. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, Did it's, they mention uh, Colo? Mm-hmm. They didn't. <laughs> they did not mention Colo, but you know, yeah, yeah. But they mentioned a lot of envelopes and cash going back and forth. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, then. no yeah. question. But that's yeah. those days are all long in the past. Yeah, but I, I think yeah. I think one thing I would just say for because obviously I know I know you have a lot of listeners who are not in the industry here. I think one thing that makes our association different than most of the associations in financial services 
is that our members are individuals. All right. So, you know, you tend to get large broker dealers that are members of a trade association, some of the bigger ones with really big budgets, whereas our members are individuals. So, so that kind of drives a lot of what we do around, you know, career development and trying to just educate members to help them make decisions in their career. And it kind of makes us a little bit more of a friendlier person to talk to when we go down to DC. No, it makes sense. Look, yeah. you, you've been there for, I think, almost uh, 12 years. And yeah. I think you do. Well, I've, I've seen you it do a lot. It was supposed to be a resume builder. I told my wife, I'll, I'll take this job, yeah. three years, three to yeah. five, five tops, and then I'll go back out in the industry and I'll, and I'll get a real paying job. And and now, yeah, 12 years later. Yeah, see, that's what I thought coming here. And it just didn't uh, you were going to say that. No, I, it just, it's been a money builder for you. That's what it has been. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Well, I did, yeah, let's just Never thought you'd make so topic. much. Yeah. Uh-huh. We, we, we always go there. But look, I, I'm sure it's it, there's a lot of complications behind running a conference mm-hmm. like this. And uh, it's it's one of the big ones on the year where a lot of yeah. people go. And I understand there's like several hundred coming next week. Or when this podcast comes out, it might be right around the time <laughs> of it. But um, maybe uh, could you share what are some of the bigger highlights of people we're expecting this year or even the complications of arranging one of these conferences? Yeah, so listen, I always enjoy talking about the conference. Right? We're very proud of where it kind of sits in the industry today, right? And and you are correct. You know, we are going to have – we're probably going to have record attendance at this year's event. We're very proud about that. I mean, the evolution over the years is probably when – I, when I think about it, it's changed. The evolution has occurred in a couple of different areas. One is just the, the, the attendance, right? So, you know, 15 years ago, call it, it was probably very heavy with people in, in, in the equities, asset cl- equities only, uh, broker dealers and exchanges. And now it's, you know, 15 years later and we find that we're, we're covering more asset classes, in particular options and ETFs. And we've also expanded like the amount of people that are involved in those asset classes. So we've gone from just broker dealers and exchanges to customers of all types. Clearing houses uh, is another area, and and also, uh, you know, a lot of lawyers. Unfortunately, we're getting a lot more lawyers coming. I don't know, yeah, you know, yeah. more. They, that's okay. We like got, them. They, they pay, yeah. you know, they they pay, and they don't eat that. Yeah, much. you have to say you like them because they might be listening to this on the day <laughs> yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. and they don't drink that it. much, which is good. So yeah, that like, always <laughs> helps. That always helps. On, yeah. but no, but it's it's really it really has evolved over the years. We're very proud of it, and it's something, you know, we always kind of take the thing we're proud about about it is that it's we really do feel that the event is successful not just because of the planning that goes into the 3 days of content it's really kind of what the organization is doing the other 11 months and 3 weeks and 2 days out of the year i mean it is uh you know we're very happy with how the firms and sponsors respond to us they all know that this is kind of like our main revenue uh, generator for the year, and they like what we what we're doing during the other eleven months of the year, and they and and so they support the event, and, and we couldn't be happy about it. And obviously, the other area where it's been involved too is just as far as the content goes. And we used to struggle to kind of get some people to to present on some of these panels, and now we're really happy with the seniority of the people who are who present, the the respect that people give us when we do invite them. We get very quick answers. You know, there used to be a time where you send. An invitation out to somebody and they kind of sit on it till like till they get a better offer type yeah. thing. People you know? know what it is now. Yeah, yeah now yeah, it's yeah. like bang, and then and and there's no more of the hey, I can't make it, so I'm going to send you know Joe instead. It's like no, 
The That's why I sent Ramsey last year. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah. you always yeah. do a terrific event, yeah. although I'm not on the agenda this year, so the content has fallen off. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you can't bet a thousand. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. no, it's no, a, but you it, did well anyway, Jim. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a great event. Um, and, and also, you include uh, industry professionals from Canada, too, because I know yes. at the beginning of the conference, you always play the Canadian uh, anthem as well, which is always a stirring moment. Yeah, I mean, so our, our Canadian, we have Canadian members. We have four affiliates up there, and and we love our Canadian members. Um, they bring a different perspective on things. They're big supporters. So we don't uh, – up there, they, we're very happy with their success up there. There really doesn't seem to be much of a – they don't have a lot of competition up there. And it's such a great town. You know, up there, the regulators do kind of hang out with the broker dealers and the exchanges and the customers. It's kind of uh, – it's a lot of collaboration. I mean, I don't know if that's the, that's, that's the right word. Collusion is <laughs> the bad word. Yeah, collaboration the bad is the good word. word. Yeah. That's the bad yeah. C word. So – so listen, no, we we love we probably will, fifteen to twenty percent of the of the room tends to be filled with Canadians, and we yeah. love that. Why don't you read a question, John, and make what, it sound what, natural? What, what <laughs> we haven't so, spoken on the podcast what, about ETFs for a while now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about ETFs, yeah. shall we? Why don't we talk uh, about I them? Know now. They're on the conference agenda because <clears throat> Jim did mention them. Yes, he did mention them. Um, so, how do you see the role of ETFs evolving, Jen, in, in regard to market structure over the years and the implications for retail and institutional investors? Well, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Thank um, you. <laughs> The actual question part of it is good. <laughs> the lead-in. I mean, listen, we, for us, I mean, obviously, we kind of take a very holistic approach when we look at the market structure. We feel that the ability for capital to move across different asset classes is truly amazing and, and unique to our markets. And uh, ETFs just play a huge role on that. You know, the ability for you know money to move across different asset classes is it's really attributed to the ETF wrapper. We're a believer in that. And I just think that, you know, for us, we have good relationships with a lot of the market makers and options. So for us, it was very easy to kind of take that relationship and, and to parlay it into relationships with, with uh, ETF market makers. And, and what there are, there are things for us to be talking to them about. You know, they, in, in, in the world of market structure, sometimes the ETF folks feel like, you know, rules are getting written with them being thought of as a set, as an afterthought. You know, T plus one, for example, mm-hmm. is probably the one that will be discussed from the ETF folks down there that, you know, given that, even though they, they are as big as they are in a participant in the marketplace, they still feel, and, and rightfully so, that they are an afterthought on a lot of these conversations and rules that are being drafted, you know, on market structure. So listen, we, we like the space. We think that we're, um, there's a lot of uh, value that we can bring to it, and, uh, and and we're just scratching the surface with it. I mean, I don't know what, what the rankings are going to be as far as how many ETF folks come to the conference, but I'm sure it's going to be, uh, you know, a lot more than last year, but not as much as next year. Nice. Actually, I should have brought up this question while we were talking about the SEC and all mm-hmm. the proposals. You mm-hmm. do have a panel uh, at this year's conference called Harmonization on and mm-hmm. off exchange trading. And I think a lot of what will be discussed in that are, you know, everyone's talking about all these proposals, but there was four proposals that came out last December specifically on like order competition and access fee, Rule tick increments, you know, tick increments. The, but pretty, pretty specific. <laughs> what the hell are you doing, John? <laughs> I'm but, just try, uh, yeah. trying to remind you, jog your memory. It seemed like you were struggling a little bit there. Yeah, I was. But from your vantage point at STA, what are your thoughts on the SEC's equity market structure proposals? Right. Those ones in particular. <laughs> Yeah, so those are so I'll, that's a two-part question, yeah. I think. Yeah. So I'll take the first part first, as far as the rules themselves go. Um, you know, listen, I think obviously we have a very broad membership. It's always hard for us to uh, 
you, you have really strong and defined opinions on particular issues as they come up, yeah. um, which is okay because we don't really hold ourselves out to any one entity that we're going to necessarily represent just their interests on it. So we do feel, though, that, listen, I think where the industry kind of falls on this, that there are improvements that um, while we do have the best markets in the world, there are certainly improvements that can be made to it around, the, you know, rationalizing tick sizes, um, addressing, you know, the odd lot and round lot issues that are around, especially in the high price securities and stuff. So, so listen, we, we are very much in favor of some of the elements of it and some of the principles around it. But like everyone else, we, we just really, you know, we, we try to kind of focus a lot on process, on, on how rules get written, not so much and making sure that people are at the table that should be at the table. You'd be surprised, well, you, you wouldn't be surprised, but I was surprised to find like in the early years of doing this job that rules would kind of be getting made. And yes, and they put them out for comment. And you know that this particular rule is going to impact maybe a niche marketplace in here. And they don't get their comment letter in. They don't get, they don't see it. And the response is kind of like, you know, too bad. You know, you had your time, you know, shame on you for not knowing. And I don't think that's really the right attitude to have on it. So I do feel like we are very much around process, making sure that people are aware that, hey, you have to you have to stop for a second and pay attention. This is going to impact your business model, and so generally speaking, I mean that that's kind of where where our frustration is not just with this particular rule, but with other ones. It's just around the whole. God, man, like if you just kind of engage a little bit more at the industry on 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 the front end, you really could have saved everybody so much time and and, and put out a much better proposal than the one you put out. But there are a there certainly are aspects. Um, you mentioned tick sizes one, yeah. um, uh, access fees, and um, sort of. Reducing the cap and access fees, people have been talking about for a very long time, um, and a lot of a lot of discussion around those. It seems like some of the reaction, a lot of the reaction, the um, industry, particularly order competition rule, um, but but some other aspects, um, is you know in relation to things that have not been um, specifically talked about or proposed before. Um, but it, but it doesn't mean that you should discount the entire effort or that there aren't um, significant um, improvements that could be made. Because let's face it, 2005 is a long time ago. Um, an awful lot has changed since then. So the concept of kind of updating the rules um, still makes a fair amount of sense. Listen, I, I, I agree. I agree that, and, and like you said, a lot of the, the topics that they, that they brought up are kind of been argued and debated for years, but it doesn't seem like they, they, it looks like they took all those arguments and debates and then took them down to such a detail. Yeah. That yeah, it's yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember anyone saying, yeah, well, tenth of a penny exactly, and blah, 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 yeah. you know. To, you to know? your point, though, um, at least on that one in particular, yeah. a lot of people weighed in commenters. Yeah, yeah. And it was sort of almost uniform agreement. You're, you're right. Like people, I think everybody agrees there are tick constraint names. The disagreement will come as to how big the book it is from a broad standpoint, but nobody that I saw really supported lowering the tick increment below 50 mils. So mm -hmm. where the 10th of a penny and the 5th of a penny came, I don't know. And um, many people had conversations with them before the proposal came out and probably told them that they don't agree with that. But anyway, that's what came out. But I thought in the, in, now let's see what gets adopted, yeah. but yeah. uniformly people seemed to agree like a lot of people, other exchanges that IEX is normally not aligned with and other market makers that IEX is not normally aligned with, we were all pretty uniformly agreed. Yeah, for tick constraint names, keep it like 50 mils. Access fee mm -hmm. cap reduction, we felt it could go down to 10 mils. 
uh, there was a big group there, and then there was a group that said, I should go commensurate with the tick increment, so percent of spread. I, I will thing. say, yeah. as an ex-regulator, and I don't know if you know this, Ronan, but I was uh, Jimmy, you a were? senior uh, regulator yeah, a at the SEC. Yeah, yeah, it uh, is a record. Yeah. 12 minutes, we're 12 minutes into this. And yeah, like, I can't believe you don't have him on the SBA. You know, do you know who is gracing us with his appearance here? You know? No, but I mean, I will say that I think often uh, there there is, a, from a regulatory standpoint, on proposal, you always want to go out more aggressive than you think you may end up adopting because um, you can. Yes. It, it's very hard to go to, to to adopt more aggressively than you propose. So the fact that there were um, proposals that were more aggressive than a lot of people thought was warranted um, or made sense doesn't mean that's where the SEC is gonna is gonna wind up. Um, so you need to wait and sort of see where. where yeah, a lot of people lands. think though. That they're going to adopt exactly what's proposed. Well, I don't. I, I don't that, think that so. seems very unlikely. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I agree that that what you just said there about mm-hmm. you know a haircut on all these things. Yeah. But the typical haircut here, if you apply that fifteen twenty percent haircut, still is like wow, that's pretty dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these rules are like once in a chairman's term type rule, and he's got like a lot more than one. Yeah. <laughs> he's working hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let the man go, John. What's next? What's next? Now that we've covered ETFs and the SEC, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about stable coins, oh, shall God. we? Oh, and boy. Bitcoin yeah. ETFs. Uh, very, yeah, very timely with the SBF court because case. you know you can't yeah. be cool um, anymore if you don't talk about uh, crypto. Um, I'm tradfi and I'm fucking proud. <laughs> anyway, John, ask your stupid so, question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, any thoughts about uh, you know you know obviously like why is it on the program? No, no. Or, well, yeah. Why why is it on the program and kind of like what, what do you what do you think the questions and concerns and attitudes of yeah. the tradfi community are to uh, you know, crypto uh, world generally? So, so a couple of things. So, so one obviously, like a year ago, a year ago, it we was would the have new plastic. <laughs> <laughs> we would have like predicted that we would have seen some type of congressional action around stable coins and. A, uh, and a, and a Bitcoin ETF. And, and obviously it's a year later and we don't have that. All right. So, um, for whatever reasons, and obviously the SBF uh, being probably the primary one on it. So for us, as far as like, you know, why, why is STA? Why are you getting into this space? Well, there's, there's a couple of reasons. One, one is that we have a lot of senior members who left equities and have, you know, drifted into this space. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we, you'd be crazy not to follow people that like you. Right. So we mm-hmm. like people who like us. Yeah. So we kind of drifted into it. There's also like a, a real natural curiosity that, that a lot of us have to, to have towards this industry. We think that there's a, a big capital formation underlying around stable coins, you know, you know, a, a stable coin and, and a wallet. Obviously, uh, you know, they present a really good alternative to, um, you know, for, for transactions for people who are underbanked or have no bank. We also felt like a year ago, like this was like, oh my God, it hasn't been corrupted by DC yet. It looks like there's Democrats and Republicans that both want to have a conversation on the topic. Mm-hmm. And now we have this SBF thing kind of going at, you know, I don't want to, you know, it's, 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 I'd be underplaying it to say, oh, they threw a wrench at this whole thing. Now it's much bigger than a wrench here, right? Everyone's kind of taking a, Two steps back on this stuff, and and there's and a lot a of a lot of pretty sketchy stuff that's oh, happening. There is a still lot this, of sketchy stuff. I, no I agree. I, I, yeah. I agree. You know, a lot of bad actors in the space, and so that's really where we kind of got into it. We got, you know, we it was out of curiosity, capital formation, people who liked this in their previous life going over there. We thought there was a really good bipartisan thing. It's hard to it's kind of hard to find a, a topic that's has bipartisan interest and support. We're going to stick with it though because um, we still think that some of those things we you know, but it's a much lower. 
it's we're going to stick with it for 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 you know for at least a couple more years to see where it goes. Yeah, no, um, I I I think you have to be. It'd be almost yeah. weird if it wasn't on the agenda. Yeah, plus for us too. I mean, I got to tell you, like a lot of stuff that we write, like our letters, like you know, our principle based. Like we, you know, principle based, like oh, you, oh, regulators shouldn't pick winners and losers, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. That that type of like a, a background does not help when you're trying to figure out should clock synchronization be down to picos or whatever, <laughs> right? Like that doesn't. Yeah. So we don't have like we don't do well in that. But this is like a green area for us, and we felt like, hey, if we step in here, we got people that like us. That's good. There's a capital formation thing. That's good. It's bipartisan. That's good. And it's so early in the rulemaking period that maybe some of these old things that we kind of have laying around, these like guiding principles on how to, on how not to screw up a marketplace might actually help in this area. John, ask me what I like about my job. <laughs> Why? What do you like about your job, Ronan? Oh, thanks for asking me that, John. What I like about my job is 4 p.m. on Friday. I can relax. Till nine thirty on Monday. Mm. You know why? Oh, I know where this is going. Because the market's closed. Uh huh. Yeah. Thank the, the, God it, for that. Is it, and thank that's God the way. The, let's is it, keep is that it a good lead-in to the question? That is friggin' keep Jim, it that Jim, we, we noticed at your conference, you're embracing twenty-four hour market. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Well, all we <laughs> can say is <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> now the con- the conference features a discussion. Jim is not embracing necessarily, or maybe yeah. he is. Twenty-four hour retweets on either. How do you see the growth? of overnight trading impacting yeah. market structure and what challenges does it pose to traditional trad by <laughs> players like Ronan who like to go fishing at 401 on Fridays? Wow, man. So I got to tell you, your reaction is one of the reasons why we did it because like mm-hmm. around a year ago or two years ago. He's pointing at John. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who said, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A year or two years ago when this topic would come up with uh, like large players and exchanges, they would just poo-poo the idea like, oh, that's never going to happen. Yeah, seen there, been there, done that, blah, blah, blah. And now when it comes up, they get very aggravated. They get aggravated. Like, oh, you got to be effing kidding me. Like, I'm going to yeah. have to actually do something here. I'm going to have to do something. <laughs> so that is definitely a an, an evolution in, in the, from our perspective as far as what we've seen from it. Now, listen, why is it going that way? I, I'm Obviously, it's, it's, it's the influence of the crypto markets. You know, and I think that some of these firms, especially the retail-oriented firms, they're seeing that they're newer clients that are coming onto their platforms. They're coming on because of the crypto markets. And now maybe they're starting to trade other products like equities. And they can tell by the questions and complaints that maybe they're getting from these newer clients around equities that they're coming in with the crypto, you know, market, a crypto perspective on it. Like, I don't understand. I put my order in. How come it didn't get filled? Well, it's one o'clock in the morning. Markets don't open. I don't understand. I sold my stock. I don't see the cash. Well, it's a T plus whatever settlement. And they, and they're responding to that. They're responding to that. I think that, what, listen, I don't know whether, I don't know whether this is going to happen or not, whether it goes, you know, full blown, but the volumes are pretty impressive so far. And I do know that it's uh, making a lot of people I don't want to say fearful, but they realize like, hey, we have to have it. We have to think about this. We have to have an offering in this in case in case it goes this way. Is it is it mainly retail now? Yeah, it is. It is even, and I think even the people that are kind of like, you know, leading the charge on that will say that you know they maybe they have a couple of, you know, home and office type hedge fund types folks that are looking to, yeah, can we access it? But for the most part, it's it is it is mostly retail, and it is a couple of market makers too that maybe are looking to. Get in here well, you as, can as well. Drive a truck through those spreads. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember, and I think it was at STA, like maybe four years ago. There was some buy side firms talking about shortening the trading day mm, and yeah. having less mm. trading hours. So, yeah, 
I, I, from an I, institutional I, standpoint, yeah. not that I necessarily want us to be open one hour a day, five days, would not be bad. Um, <laughs> I can see why that aggregation of liquidity makes sense. I just, I don't understand why if a man called Jim who lives in Manhasset gets up for a 7.30 a.m. coffee on Sunday and wants I, I, to I buy don't, I don't two shares of typical, Apple. Matter. I don't think that's yeah. a typical yeah. person they're looking yeah. at. There. It's really, it's really yeah. this, this marketplace in, in Asia. That that wants to be able to buy Tesla yeah. during when they come home from work in Asia. I don't I don't know the time. You, you don't have. You should get those clocks in here. You know, so I know what time it is. Now <laughs> depends where they're, they're yeah. like 12, 14 hours ahead. So well, yeah, so like it's it's really. I think that's really the market that yeah. they're looking for. They're looking for like when when somebody in Asia is awake, yeah. either in their basement, <laughs> you know, trading, or where they come home, they want to buy something. They want to buy hundred shares of Tesla and. And listen, in some ways, that's good, right? It's we always like things when money yeah. is coming in, to, yep. you know, when they're coming into us. I don't, I don't think it's really to your point, Ron. I don't, I don't think people are trading at ten o'clock at night on uh, in the U.S. Yeah. doing this. I think it's more the, the, uh, the Asia, the Asia Pac region. Well, and you, you don't want to close off opportunities, as you say. Yeah. It makes sense um, to be able to provide reasonable, but 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 you have to balance that against what is the cost to have all of the infrastructure Ugh. available and open twenty four hours um, yeah. to accommodate whatever number of people there might be that want to take advantage of those um, sort of. No, listen, hey, listen. If I, if I was at, if I was if I was at my former employer, I'd be like, if if somebody ever came in and wanted to talk about this, I'd be, I wouldn't even let them in through the lobby. Like, yeah, leave. Well, yeah, I am not going to support this thing, and yeah. and that's too bad. And yeah. and but hey, but and in the, this seat is <laughs> I think he's already made his position <laughs> well, quite you, clear. You're, you're stronger than I expected, Mr. Yeah. Ramsey. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, there you go. Sometimes you surprise me. So <laughs> so beyond the conference and STA, was there a personal experience or story from your career that has had a significant impact <laughs> on your perspective on market structure? It's actually wow. a good question. It is a good question. I did not write it. On the subway, but on the I subway. delivered it You perfectly. definitely did not. You yeah. Delivered yeah. it. No, I give myself an A. <laughs> That's a good question. And and um, like I talked before, like I was the kid that did the homework on the school bus coming in. And, and, I, was, and I was reading on the subway. I'm like, That's a really good question coming down here. I mean, I sat on a trading desk for 20 years. So much of how I look at things is through the eyes of, of, of a trader, <laughs> you know, like the handling auto flows, trying to negotiate stuff. The one thing I probably, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry about that. He's getting um, choked up on this question. I'm getting choked up on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you cry on the subway too, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> we get emotional about the these things too, Jim. It's all right. No, I think probably the one thing that came to mind when I read the question was, well, listen, we, we've done some, we've made some good decisions strategically on getting into, into doing certain things. We've also made some real bad decisions and, and as a trader, you know, your first loss is your best loss. So I was thinking like, oh, my God, I, I, you know, so getting out of like not making a decision to go left and realizing like, oh, my God, we got to stop right now before we before we drain what limited resources we have. And, you know, we, we tried to uh, do a, a an STA LATAM effort that lasted around three months. I punted that. We did a good call. We did a fixed. We tried to do a fixed income uh, committee. Yeah. yeah. It took me six months to like get the first call put on. You know how hard it is to, yeah. to get committed, yeah. right? I had, we were, like, we were 12 people on, on the call. There were six were hardcore maintainers of the status quo and six wanted to make the whole thing electronic tomorrow. Uh-huh. That was one call. We, we ditched that, yeah. you know, that's so we, one so, headache you don't need. Yeah. So I think, I think that's the one thing I think I kind of bring from a previous job is like, man, you know, keep making decisions, but if something doesn't work, like don't fight a bad position, punt it and get out and move on, you know. 
Good words of advice. Very yeah. wor- words to the to wise. The, to the wise. Yeah. yeah. Just wise. Halfway through that. <laughs> Did you notice that? Well, I think I the just, lunch, I just I lost the I thought there was the some narcolepsy there. there. I, I think, lost the thread. All right, right, right. All right. We're gonna we're I, gonna edit that. I'm out. sorry, Boxer and Langer. I thought I was gonna have to go administer CPR. That he choked on his thoughts. Yeah, you gotta get a cattle yeah. prod on yeah. the seats. Holy oh, shit! I had a, yeah. All right. Well, then we're gonna ask you the questions of questions, and there's no real wrong answer. And I'm sporting the new Boxes and Lions socks today. Uh-huh. First time I've worn these. Oh, I have a pair. Very impressive. Did you get one of these? No, you don't have one of those. the new edition. Well, if you don't fuck this question up, you're gonna get a pair. So what is your favorite Wall Street movie and why? Oh, okay. Right. We're back to the old school. Oh, question. back to the old school. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so, I mean, or you can answer any question you want. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I Tell me what question you want me to ask. I, I would say, so I've, I've looked forward to you asking me this question for like two years. Wow. Which means I'm going to mm. mess up the, the yeah. answer. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll just, I've watched a lot, of the, a lot of the Wall Street movies and stuff, right? And there's always some stuff that's good, some things that aren't so good about it. But, but there's there's one scene in um in the Big Short where uh, Steve Carell where he makes the decision to like he's going to do this. he's going he's going to short the whole mortgage industry right and he calls up his um uh, the head trader who was who was a Jeremy Jeremy Strong was that right and Jeremy yeah. Strong now calls up his coverage person Ryan Gosling over at Deutsche right to now he's going to put the trade on and that conversation goes something like Jeremy Strong says okay listen we're going to do this trade. But I need to know how are you fucking me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, and, yeah. And that when I when he said that, I'm like, oh my god! I was on both sides of that. I was either asking that question <laughs> or answering that question four or five times a day for 20 years, sitting on the desk. And and it is it is like our industry. Listen, our industry is great. It's exciting. But man, if you're a paranoid person, woof, mm. you know, like <laughs> yeah. that is that, that's something that's that's gonna that you're gonna encounter. So all that the line time. stuck with you when you always saw it. Yeah. yeah. So the big short. So your answer is big short, or or you yeah, just scene. like that little. Snippet. I love that scene. Yeah, I, I love yeah. that scene because yeah. it's what, like. Why are you being snippy? That was a good. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, that was a great answer. I'm so your answer is the big short answer. is what you're telling us. <laughs> Wait, right? Yes, counsel. Ever yes. since he yes. woke up from Hercules, yes. he's been he's been like a little fucking terrier. I think it was the lunch. No, heckling the guests. I'll it give was, you a pair of socks too. Uh, Holy it was shit! The Chipotle tacos. Uh, yeah, yeah. just right. thirty-two minutes after he has Chipotle tacos, yeah. he attacks people on the desk. Yeah. And don't ever take his it hot sauce not, off his not, desk. Not not intended in any way to be mean spirited. Well, Jim, um, as expected. You've been a fantastic guest. <laughs> I apologize on behalf of IEX back. for John's behavior. <laughs> and we appreciate you joining us, and we wish you the best of luck at next week's conference. And uh, both John and I will be down there. We will both be there, we'll whether, be drinking we're, on more the, than the, whether we're yeah. on the panel or not. But there's still be, you can make a, a last-minute decision. Well, who knows, John? Maybe, maybe a moderator gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. well, exactly. Is there, is there a former SEC person yeah. in the yeah. audience yeah. that yeah. works at an exchange yeah. that can yeah. come up here and yeah. ask, right, ask the yeah. same four questions? Although, you know, he drinks more than most lawyers. He has a law degree, too, in case he hasn't plugged that. So ask him early in the day, please. Oh, my God. I can't believe you would say that. All right. Jim, thank you so much. No, thank you. And thank you for doing the show, man. This is like, it is nice. We need more levity in our in our industry. And, and you guys definitely bring it. Content and levity. Cheers. You. you saved that at the end. Yeah. It was like, yeah. your content is yeah. shit, but you're I, funny as hell. If he didn't say content, he wasn't getting the socks. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Thank, thank you. you. Over and out. Box of the Lions. bless you. <laughs>
Are you a diehard boxer or liner, or just a fair weather fan? No judgments, I know how annoying JR's Irish accent can be. Either way, we want to hear from you on our new Boxes and Lines listener survey to find out what you think about the show, give input on future episodes, guests, and more. We'll take it back to our survey counter thingy machine and consider all of your inputs as we plan our 2024 season. You can find the survey at iex.getfeedback.com slash boxes and lines. And don't worry, there's something in it for you. That's my drum roll. JR could probably do it better. You get a pair of socks. That's right. Take the survey. We'll send you a pair of our coveted box and line socks while supplies last in a new limited edition print. How's that for listener appreciation? So take the survey. Tell us what you think. And thanks for listening. Again, that's iex.getfeedback.com slash boxes and lines over and out. Boxes and Lines is a podcast from IEX Exchange. It is hosted by Ronan Ryan and John Ramsey. Executive produced by Daisy Clace. With support from Benstown. For more information and to hear more episodes, go to iexexchange.io slash podcast. Thank you for listening to Boxes and Lines. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational and educational purposes only, and IEX Group Incorporated and its affiliates do not make any representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. Nothing in this podcast constitutes a solicitation or offer to buy or sell any securities or provide any investment advice or service. Some portions of the preceding conversation may have been edited for length or clarity. Copyright IEX Group Incorporated, all rights reserved. <laughs>